If life stayed exactly the same for the rest of your days as it is today, would you enjoy it? Would it be filled with more laughter and joy, or would it be filled with anxious thoughts and depression? Would you feel ease in your life and calm in your soul, or would there be exhaustion and tension from sunup to sundown? How about the days spent working on your life's mission, rewarding or just another grueling task you feel forced to continue? What does life look like at home? Are you present with the ones you love most or struggling to spend quality time with them while you worry about what's missing or wrong from your life? Ask yourself this, is this how I want to spend the rest of my life? If the answer is yes, then keep on doing exactly what you're doing. And frankly, I'm happy for you. If you're shaking your head no, and the thought of a life spent like this feels like purgatory, then first take a deep breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth, and let me introduce you to Scott Anderson. Scott is a serial entrepreneur running nine businesses, selling six, veteran business coach, licensed mental health therapist, and an expert on recovery from burnout. In 2007, he launched AtEaseUSA.org, a treatment technology accelerator that helps military families recover from post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2017, he developed BurnoutBreakthrough.com, a proven system to help stressed out, overworked business leaders recapture energy, reclaim their power, and enjoy sustainable peace and fulfillment at work and at home. His clients no longer wake up feeling exhausted and demotivated and instead go through every day feeling excited and on fire again, no matter how down and discouraged they may feel right now. Restore new confidence and improving relationships at work so their team works hard for them and they no longer feel like they spend their days micromanaging and putting out fires. Learn how they do all this while being able to completely switch off and disengage from work mode the moment they step through the front door. Let me welcome my guest, Scott Anderson, to tell you all about it. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the introduction. That's going to be hard to live up to. I know. I know. Well, you had so much. And I was, I really do over deliver. And I thought (laughs) the PTS thing, I mean, I go through that. I've got some of that too. And it's really, everybody kind of does in a way. And so this is really a magnificent thing that you can help people do. So really, I think the pandemic got us all on the same page with the burnout, right? and virtual life. But where did, in your space, did the concept of the burnout come from? Well, burnout, the term burnout was coined by some psychologists back in the 70s, the early 70s. And they were trying to come up with a term to describe, they were studying emergency room doctors and nurses, which is kind of appropriate for today's uh, situation. But uh, they were studying sort of the attitude and the mindset of emergency room doctors and nurses. And what they were trying to describe with burnout was essentially having the 
well, having the doctors and nurses get into kind of a numb state where the passion and the motivation and the drive uh, that they had uh, initially uh, to do the kind of work that you need to do in an in emergency room was gradually burned out. Or in other words, what, what they found in their research was that these folks were going through the motions. But after a time, a lot of them were sort of numb to the really the horrors that you see in an emergency room. But also, in so doing, they also kind of lost their passion and uh, and their energy. So many, many years ago, almost 50 years ago now, the term burnout was created. And since then, it's been, you know, it's in our vocabulary so much. And, and you'll hear everybody from, uh, you know, I heard some fourth grade kids saying that they were burned out on geography uh, the other day. And so, you know, it could mean anything uh, in a way. But today, uh, the World Health Organization and the American Psychiatric Association have created a, uh, they both recognize it as a bona fide illness. And the WHO has identified very specific symptoms. So even though we all use the term all the time, it really has a very specific meaning. And the hallmark of, uh, of burnout, of clinical burnout as defined by the World Health Organization is number one, a, an exhaustion that of mind, body, and spirit that doesn't go away with a good night's sleep. It doesn't go away with a week's vacation. It doesn't go away with a sabbatical. It's this, this total, this feeling of being completely bone tired and like the, the feeling that you, you might have of just you wonder whether you're going to be able to get out of bed today and go do what you need to be able to do. So that's number one. The number two symptom is a feeling of isolation and disconnection from people and from causes and from institutions that you formerly felt very engaged in. So, for example, these doctors and nurses might feel that uh, feel kind of disconnected from the workplace that they had so much passion for, but as a result of chronic stress, and that's really the cause of burnout, they uh, found themselves feeling isolated and disconnected, whereas they used to feel totally engaged and passionate. And then the third most common symptom, it's sort of a three-legged stool of symptoms. The third symptom, and, and this usually is down, down the road a bit when burnout is its most severe, is that the feeling of isolation and disconnection transforms into a feeling of animosity and even resentment. So uh, people can go from being feeling disconnected from coworkers to feeling uh, animosity, anger, resentment towards coworkers, towards business partners, uh, and also at home, feeling animosity to the people that you love the most. That is so amazing because I, what I've been noticing that around me and around, you know, talking with people and I talk to, you know, 50 people or to a hundred people a week in my business and their financial fitness strategies. And and that's what I'm hearing. I find I'm coaching people more about their mindset and, you know, my take the little steps and I'll, I'll ask you later some tips to help people with like staying in gratitude. And, you know, you almost have to exercise your brain to, to think the other way. Right. And I don't know if you those are that's part of what you share with people how to do that because they get into the rut of just being no passion that they just right. reset to that right yeah well the first step you know our our system and what happened in my case was i was very burned out myself i was running an advertising agency that i had founded 25 years before and found my not i didn't realize it was burnout at the time but felt myself experiencing all of these symptoms the exhaustion the isolation and ultimately, the, the kind of the resentment and not knowing really what was happening. And uh, in retrospect, you know, I can see pretty clearly that I really fit all of the, the definition for 
um, for workplace burnout. But you know what I what I started doing initially, both with my coaching clients and my therapy clients, I, I began to study the research that had been done on burnout and began to discover some evidence-based practices that are have been proven to be effective. And I started to use them myself on a kind of an experimental basis because there was I started working on this about five years ago and there was comparatively little uh, in the literature for burnout specifically. So I started to read the research, principally by a brilliant woman named Christina Maslach at University of California at Berkeley, who's pretty well regarded as the the guru or the queen of, of burnout research. And reading her research, you know, there was a there's a lot there, a lot of uh, a lot of gold to mine. One of the things that I discovered uh, in her research and in others is that the first thing that has to happen is that there has to be a physical reset. Part of the reason that we become so completely exhausted and so completely um, kind of bone tired is that it's it's the result of unending, uninterrupted stress day after day after day after day. And what what we generally believe in America is that every 50 weeks we take two weeks of vacation, and that and that ought to be enough. Uh, or maybe we you know we take a weekend uh, of vacation, or or maybe we just get a good night's sleep. And the and the thinking is that should be enough for us to recover. But the the research is very clear that stress induced problems like burnout. Uh, the strategy that really works is for us to be actually releasing stress of, of noticing stress and releasing it in real time throughout the day. It's very much like an Olympic athlete that, that trains for an Olympic event and they stress their muscles and exercise uh, and create micro tears in the, in the muscles. But what's just as important as the exercise is the recovery periods. And for, for top level athletes, recovery is as important as exercise. So that these micro tears can turn into muscle instead of torn muscle. So it's the same way psychologically for us is that it's the recovery periods that, that we need and we just need a lot more of them. Uh, they, they can be short. They don't have to be a week's vacation. Five or 10 seconds of, of a mindfulness practice could be enough, but we have to do it many times during the day. And the research is pretty conclusive that we have to completely drop the stress multiple times a day. But what most of us do, especially uh, entrepreneurs and high achievement people, is that we take a deep breath in the morning and we don't let it out till <laughs> we go home. Right. <laughs> or, or maybe not even then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And well, you know, I'm excited. I just want to tap your brilliance here. And if you're going to reset all through the day, then that you become one with this particular and you probably have a lot of little major, I wouldn't say little, <laughs> techniques. So can you share something just Absolutely. with everybody right now that could Absolutely. help them? Some people have probably heard of this technique. It's called the Pomodoro Technique and uh, uh, fairly well known, but it was developed by an Italian engineer when he was going through uh, graduate school. And Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. And what he was referring to is a tomato timer. It's a little red plastic timer that uh, a lot of Italians have by their, by their uh, stoves. And you use it to cooking, uh, to time cooking pasta. Anyway, the Pomodoro method, as he created it, was uh, the idea was that, that he would work in 25 minute sprints and really work hard. Then the bell would go off and he would intentionally take a five minute break. And during that five minutes, the key was to completely disconnect from the work that he was doing, uh, to walk away from his desk, maybe go outside, 
Um, but the but the whole key to it was to completely disengage from the work that he had been doing. You can now there are books and tapes and apps that you can get about the Pomodoro technique. But it's really this basic. The the concept is is that you work hard for 25 minutes, set a timer. When the bell goes off at 25 minutes, then you intentionally take a five minute break. And if you feel like you can't take a five minute break, and some of us <laughs> overachievers don't think we can, uh, then take a four minute break. And if you can't take a four minute break, take a two minute break and but even 30 seconds can can be the recovery that you need. The key to it, though, is to completely drop the stress. And for most of us, that that means walking away from our desk. Maybe it means going outside. Maybe it means if you're working at home, petting the dog or something, getting a glass of water. Maybe it means jumping on an exercise bike for five minutes. But the point is that to completely the key that the research shows is to be completely disengaged. And so it wouldn't help, for example, if you took a five minute break and looked at all of your emails uh, or your texts or <laughs> social media or the news or whatever. And this is a, this is it's, it's a very simple and it's very powerful and it absolutely works. Uh, we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of executives. It absolutely works and entrepreneurs. But it's very counterintuitive for A-level, you know, A-type people. They want to be working all the time. And even taking five minutes or two minutes or 30 seconds feels like too much. But this is really a very simple technique that anybody can use. And if you do this throughout the day, you'll actually be more productive because you'll be focused for those 25 minutes. And hopefully you won't be checking email and everything else. That's one of the keys. But you'll also uh, be relieving stress throughout the day. The main thing is to be to really, and this is kind of the, one of the magic pieces of the Pomodoro technique, is to really be focused 100% on the thing that you're doing. Part of what really stresses us out is the attempts we make at multitasking. And the science is pretty clear that we can't multitask. We can only do one thing at a time. Uh, some of us can toggle back and forth pretty quickly between two things. But the attempt to do that is very stressful. To multitask is to stress yourself. If you've ever driven down the highway and tried to text somebody at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not only dangerous, uh, but it's but it's stressful. Right. And uh, what really, really helps uh, uh, preserve our sanity and prevent burnout is to really do one thing at a time to be where your hands are. OK, I hate to hear that, but I know it's true. I'm, I'm a multitasker. Yeah. <laughs> Two screens. And, and then it of is. Course. Totally exhausting. No. But, and I know everybody everybody has their version of that, but that's a sure. really great tip. Thank you for, you know, dialing that in. You know, because when you look around, you know, and you're the master, you're the expert on this. So would you say this, how prevalent this is? I mean, is it pretty much everybody's there now because of the way the world is? Uh, well, you know, uh, the Gallup uh, poll people, the Gallup survey people, tracked burnout and disengagement and engagement for a long time. They've tracked it for, I believe, 20 years at least. And they, according to their surveys, people reported being burned out most of the time, about 25% of the American workforce reported being feeling burned out most of the time. Burned out meaning the basically the criteria that I mentioned, exhausted, disconnected, and unhappy. And prior to COVID, 25% of the American workforce, according to Gallup, reported that they were always or mostly feeling burned out. Since COVID, you asked about you know what happened since COVID, but since COVID, that number has at least doubled. Uh, it might, and some studies say that it's tripled. What what I found anecdotally is that with the 
with the entrepreneurs and executives we work with is that a lot of folks were burned out before COVID, but COVID was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people. The stress of COVID on top of everything else was the straw that broke the camel's back. And for some people, it may have it may have initiated burnout to begin with. But in our experience, when we do histories uh, with people, we kind of go back and and chart when the burnout actually started. It typically the symptoms they were feeling they felt pre-COVID, and right. but COVID seemed to be the thing that just drove a stake through their heart. Right, and now the economy it would add to that and everything else that's going on. So, yeah. what would you say the main symptoms are? Right. Of this, the costs. Right. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. The you know, again, the symptoms are the the exhaustion and the the disconnection and ultimately a kind of an angry animosity or resentment. And those three things together start to cause all kinds of knock on problems, because if you're running a company, for example, as an entrepreneur, your mood and attitude tends to be felt by everybody in the company and uh, the performance of other people tends to really to suffer. And today, in particular, it's so difficult to recruit and hire people, much less retain people, that, you know, to, if you're in burnout and you're feeling the symptoms of disconnection, exhaustion, and, and anger in some way or another, that does not promote the kind of work environment that, that most people want to be in. Uh, on the other hand, and, and this is the other part, we keep talking about recession. If you're an employee at this stage of the game, uh, people are beginning, even with the tight job market, people are beginning to worry if we go into recession, then you know, what are my job prospects? What is my career, uh, you know, stable or not? And it causes additional stress. But unfortunately, if you if you're, you know, showing up at work and we'll talk about home in a minute. But if you show up at work exhausted, disconnected and and angry, uh, things aren't going to go well for you professionally. And then when we come home and bring those same things home, uh, you know, we start to lose at both ends of the of the candle we're burning. Exactly. And that's the whole point. I mean, you can spend your whole life working and in stress and that, like we said in the beginning, or choose to enjoy what you're doing and then you're going to perform at your best, right? Because you're inspired. And it is an exercise because I've, I, like I said, I have have to continually have to keep exercising and, and it may not, you know, I say PTSD and maybe that's sort of an insult to people that really have it like veterans and that have really gone through traumatic things. And, and regular people that, you know, have been through abusive relationships, et cetera, right? Well, I think it is one thing that I have observed is that, you know, the origin of PTSD is trauma, or in other words, an event or a, or a series of events that cause the, the individual to have to become kind of stuck in a cycle of symptoms. And so if we apply that, if we apply trauma theory and the trauma model more generally, yeah, I mean, it's it's fair to say that there are a lot of traumatized people in the world. And we actually find with a lot of people that we've worked with in our program that a lot of people do bring pre-existing trauma. And it may not be military or combat trauma, uh, it may not necessarily be sexual assault or domestic violence, but uh, we have found that a number of people that, that come into our program do have pre-existing trauma. And, and they seem to be somewhat more um, sensitive to constant stress than the average person might be. You know, and a lot of my listeners are busy CEOs and entrepreneurs, and they just fit right into this category. And I'll tell you, the majority that I talk to, and I'm into the 90 percent, are stressed out. And, right. you know, they may not even think of 
the value of what we're talking about to take time out of their life because you've got a fabulous program which I want you to tell me about a little bit and you know what the the recovery looks like and then the process that you take through and why would people want to take the time out of their life and we've already talked about why so yeah. right well, you asked you asked such a great question Chris at the, at the beginning of the interview about you know, is your life the way you want it to be? If your life continued this way for the rest of your life, would this be a life well lived? Would this be uh, a life worth living? And, you know, it really becomes an existential question, I think. You know, for some for some people, even asking the question or looking at the question itself uh, can be so terrifying that they really can't look at it. You know, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book right now called The Blessings of Burnout. And I, I phrase it that way because... You know, I really consider myself very fortunate, first of all, to have to have survived it and pulled out of it. But but by doing that and by taking the actions that that the research suggests uh, will be most effective, actually built me a much, much happier and more fulfilling life as an entrepreneur than I ever had beforehand. And I wouldn't have taken any of these actions, you know, willingly, because like a type A entrepreneur myself, my attitude was always work harder. And that's, that's the answer to everything. Is to worry more and work harder, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I got to a point where where that simply didn't work anymore. So I consider myself very fortunate. But it's the existential question you posed at the beginning of the interview: uh, Are you content to have the way you are living now be your life story through the end of your life, or do you want something better? My experience is that a lot of entrepreneurs feel as though they can that it's a zero sum game. They can either have business success and uh, personal or professional achievement, or they can have a life worth living. But you can't have both. I mean, that's sort of the unconscious assumption is that I have to work myself up to, if not into, an early grave in order to merely survive the stress of business life. And uh, and that's certainly what I believe. That was the, the voice in my head that was driving me. Right. Uh, but it, it damn near killed me. And what I discovered in for myself and working with hundreds of other uh, entrepreneurs and executives is that it's not a zero sum game. In fact, to the contrary, the more uh, the more you can recover from burnout, and the more you shed the uh, you, the less you let the voices and emotions in your head drive you, the actually that not only are the happier do you get, and the more fulfilling life becomes, but you actually achieve more. You know, these have been the last five years of my life have been by far the richest. Uh, professionally, not only in terms of the things I want to achieve, but also financially. And uh, I would have predicted the opposite. I would have assumed that if to to work on any of these issues would mean you have to sacrifice achievement. And the opposite is true. So you are the fruits of your own program, right? You're the yes. success story of your own program because you that's where it sprung from, which you can't get any better than that. What, maybe can you unwrap a little bit about the process of what you take sure. people through? Absolutely. So the first step, as I mentioned, is really to try to recover physically and to try to get to get people's energy back. And to do that, we have to stop this cycle of being in stress 24-7. And so uh, it's a, our program is basically nine steps in the system. And uh, the first three are really focused on regaining the physical energy by allowing people to let go of stress, giving them simple, easy techniques that they can use in in as little as five or 10 seconds 
but to use them multiple times a day. You know, we, we, because I understand entrepreneurs and because I am one, I would never have uh, uh, talked about meditation, for example, even though the, the uh, research on that is very clear, because uh, entrepreneurs will never, would be quick to say, as I did, I don't, who has time for that, right? So instead, we've come up with really practical and pragmatic techniques that only take five or se- 10 seconds to do. They don't, they don't chew up any time. They actually make you, they're easy to, to insert into, you, into your day, but they're counterintuitive. And you know, the main thing we try to help people do to begin with is to recapture their energy and also begin to understand that the, that the, the habit patterns and the voices in their heads and the emotions that they have, which they've used as fuel forever, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which really have produced superpowers, have now turned to kryptonite. The problem is, you know, and a lot of people are afraid. But if I don't, if I don't rely on my superpowers, I'll be a, I'll be the hole in the donut. Who will mm-hmm. I be if I don't? For example, I'll give you an example. For years and years, and it took some digging to discover this. But what drove me for years and years was the was the fear of going broke. I'm sure you've heard that from your. Uh, your CEO clients, yes. uh, that deep in their soul, they might not admit it to anybody else, but deep in their soul, in the dark night of the soul, there's this fear that I'm going to go broke. And my the, the kind of story in my head was, I imagined me and my family living under a bridge with a little <laughs> fire, eating a can of beans, and my children saying, for the love of God, daddy, can't you get us some food? And it sounds ridiculous to say that, but that thought was really the you know, the burr under the saddle that kept my horse going for a long, long time. It would get me to, if I needed to work 24 hours a day, that would drive me to do it. It wasn't just the wanting to achieve, it was running away from the prospect of going broke. So when we allow thoughts and emotions like that to bully us, it'll, it works for a while. It, as I say, it's a superpower, but inevitably, by the time we work with people that are burned out, that superpower has turned to kryptonite. So we have to find a different motivation. And uh, first of all, we have to learn how to shed the old ideas in our heads. We have some very simple, very effective techniques to do that. But the second thing is, uh, what do you pivot to then? What does drive you? If it isn't pure ambition and pure fear, then what does drive us? So we spend a lot of time working on and helping people get clear about their values. By that, I mean, what gives you joy in your life? And so many uh, entrepreneurs are afraid that if they if they think about that, they would just stop working, you know, that they would that they would lose all of their incentive and all of their motivation. But again, the opposite is true. So when you let your values drive your behavior and let your values be your motivation, the kind of person you want to be, the kind of experience you want to have, the kind of lives you want to build for those people around you and start using that as fuel, then the game changes completely. Uh, performance increases dramatically, stress decreases dramatically. And this is why, you know, in our program anyway, we've had every single person who's been through it is comes out saying the burnout is gone. I'm not exhausted and I'm, and I'm not consumed with terror anymore. So it is possible, but it does involve exploring some counterintuitive ideas. And basically, uh, instead of letting the, the bullying thoughts take your lunch money every day, and driving you into behavior that's maybe not good for you, maybe not consistent for your, with your values, to instead use your values uh, to drive your behavior in a positive direction 
and one that really will build you the life worth living. That's a good one. That's fabulous because when you put your values in the core of your business, then that almost brings the balance in and, and you have all the techniques to keep the balance there. And you've worked with a lot of people, right? Yeah, we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of, of entrepreneurs and executives in our program so far. That's fabulous. And tell, is there anything else you want to share about your program, like a little more detail of like the process? So if someone contacts you, sure. then what yeah, would happen? The, the first thing that I would do, and I'll, I'll uh, let you put this in the show notes, Chris, but we have a master class uh, on the five shifts that are proven to break through burnout. Uh, it's a 30-minute video, and it explains our system and the techniques that are proven to work. And uh, you can you can find that at burnoutbreakthrough.com, and uh, I'll, I'll make sure that you have a link a link to that. Um, the other thing that we that I'll also send you a link for is we have a, a quick but accurate online uh, assessment for burnout. And uh, a lot of times people you know, don't really know what they're going through. They're not right. sure if it's if it's burnout or if it's something else. So we have created a version of the Maslach burnout inventory um, that will give you a quick idea of where you stand in terms of the symptoms I've been talking about. And it really helps people kind of get clear. Is it burnout or is it is it something else? So if they go out to your site, they would be able to see all that? And- exactly. That's great. And it probably be shocked about how much they really are in denial, right? Because uh, yeah, we're well, all kind of in denial or? A little bit, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the thing that people really can't deny is that if you wake up every morning and you just wonder, how am I going to do this today? I mean, I've got to do it. I'm the person. This is my yeah. business, for example. There's no one else that's going to do it. I've, I have to get up and do it. Right. If you get to a point where you wonder, God, I hope I can do it today. This is what happened to me. I'm not sure I can do this today. If you're at that point, then you know chances are unfortunately pretty good that that you've got a you've got a problem. So take this assessment and find out for sure. The good news is is that there is absolutely solutions for this that are practical and proven. Anybody can do them, and uh, and it, and it can happen pretty quickly as well. That's fabulous because I think we are in those times that and the way that things are amping up that the stress is keeps going up. It's not getting less and, and so I think it's so important that everybody take time out of their life and, and go to the site, check it out and hop on and do it because I know when I took time out of my life to do, you know, dial this stress part in, the whole business changes, right? Your, your, your whole energy changes and you make that's the shift. You make the exactly. shift, right? And, right? and things actually get better. They do. This, yeah. is, this is the thing. I just wanted to not feel so terrible. <laughs> uh, I would have settled for that. I would have right. given the right arm to just feel better. Yeah. But as it turns out, not only did I feel much better than I ever dreamt of feeling, but also every other part of my life at home and at work improved dramatically. And but, so that's the cost of recovery is to is to have a life worth living. A uh, life worth living, and you only get one. So take That's the time it. out. Take the time out of life to live it at its fullest, right? That's great, Scott. Well, we'll have to have you back when you get your book. But for now, everybody should go to burnoutbreakthrough.com and check out. We'll put everything in the show notes, and we'll follow up and keep this here so that you can get the blessing that, that Scott's given here today. Scott, it's really been fun talking to to you. Thank a real, you, real really honor and pleasure. And we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. 
All right. Thank you. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.